You're listening to What the History, a podcast where two nerds talk about some awesome, crazy, random stuff you probably don't remember learning about, but you're going to now. Hey, nerds, this is Sarah and Casey. We are here with a Christmas spectacular, kind of, a regular episode, (laughs) but Christmas themed. And it's on Christmas Eve, so. Yeah, and it's on Christmas Eve, and we're going to talk about a very real and true historical figure, Santa mm-hmm. Claus. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, I've been spelling Santa Claus wrong oh my, God, me my too. entire life. I spell it Claus spell it like the e? movie. Like the movie, me yes. Too, me too. I was like, why the fuck does this keep coming off as, up as wrong? And I was like, oh, because I thought <laughs> like the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie. Yes, was how you spelled Santa Claus. And then Santa I was Santa like, Claus. well, this makes sense. I know what a Claus is. And so this all makes sense now that yeah. i realize it but i did which type- is why it yeah it doesn't come up as like the squiggly line right it's a word <laughs> right i talked about tim allen's the santa claus like this whole thing i, I have I a feel few like it things comes about it so i was i was with my friend last night and i asked her i was like hey who's the definitive santa claus and she was like tim allen and and you're like, like thank you yeah correct answer there's a lot of new santa clauses this year um uh john travolta which is probably the worst thing i've ever seen in my entire life um bar okay. none he's like in a that. commercial oh, i think it's yes. like a capital one with samuel L. jackson and it's supposed to be like a whole pulp fiction thing it didn't sit well yeah. i literally was like is that john travolta he yes i did well. see that yeah i and mean then he's there's... had a really shitty couple of years so it's fair right that's true and because then there's um kurt russell is santa this year as well yes and then we have um Steve Carell, if you are a Comcast subscriber, they do not support us in any way, shape, or form. However, I have it because Eric won't get rid of it. They can if they um, want to. <laughs> if you would like to sponsor us, Comcast, we are 1,000% behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, he, They have Steve Carell as Santa Claus, and it's actually cute as hell. And I remember okay. watching it a few weeks ago, and I was like, why does this dude's voice sound so familiar? And then I was like, I think that's Steve Carell, and I Googled it, and I was right. I have a weird knack for picking out people's voices okay um and then there was also i want to say mel gibson did you see that interpretation of santa claus no but i hate him okay we'll get to it when you talk about pop culture because it's like a whole freaking oh it's a movie called fat man yes i did hear it. yes it's horrifying like worse than krampus great (laughs) yeah it's awful and it just looks stupid like not even like like thriller it just looks terrifying right yeah no i mean mel gibson so yeah so that's the other problem of it uh with it (laughs) so yeah today we're going to talk about santa claus um i'm going to take you through some of the history and predecessor figures and just like general knowledge of good old mystic claus and then um sarah's got some of his most well-known traditions and then why he's problematic af yeah also um (laughs) I assume not a lot of children are listening, but oh, if um, yeah. children are listening, stop that. It's not for children. It has secrets about how Santa gets into the house and you can't know them or you yeah. won't get any presents. Yeah, you have to stop listening. And if you're a parent listening to this in the car with your child, first stop. of all, shame on you. <laughs> Second of all, thank you for your patronage. Yes. Uh, and third of all, this is definitely not a child friendly episode. No, <laughs> it's so. got secrets about Santa. Yeah, and kids, your parents 1,000% have Santa's phone number, so don't oh, yeah. pretend like they don't, because they for sure do, okay? Yeah. They'll call. 
my my sister got called uh on santa got called on my sister many times yeah so um all right so let's just jump right into it santa claus is a legendary and mythical character that originated in western christian culture he is known for bringing gifts to well-behaved children on christmas eve and coal to children who are not well-behaved also known as naughty children but i do not like this word (laughs) and i wrote that specifically because it's like naughty children get coal and i was like i don't like naughty Naughty has a sexual connotation right that's exactly why so like I don't want your children to be naughty. They're just bad kids. Yeah, they're okay? just bad. They're misbehaved. Yeah. Misbehaved. Poorly behaved children, um, which I know quite a quite a bit about. Um, well, yeah. Not as a misbehaved child, but, um, you know, being a teacher. <laughs> you get quite a few little, little monsters in there. Um, so at this moment is, and that's why I wrote it, because this was basically my notes. What I'm about to get into right now is my first flashback to the movie The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. And what's really funny about this is that I spelled Santa Claus correctly <laughs> when did. I wrote the movie Santa Claus. That's funny. But I spelled the movie The Santa Claus incorrectly because there's no E like in Good. Claus. It's fine. So I want to go um, through... fun note, Tim Allen, yeah. also bad. Santa Claus movie, great. Tim Allen, bad. Yeah, so when did that happen? Did that uh, Was that recent? I think he's always been like low key a mess, and he's just been more vocal in the last okay. few years. Okay, which is um, like kind of upsetting because it is he's a lot of people. Yeah, it's just uh, we know. But actually, a cute thing I read is that on the set of the Santa Claus, there were so many kids playing all the elves, and they thought yeah. he was the real Santa. So he stayed <gasps> in character between takes. That's actually really cool. It I feel like too. people like Tim Allen get worse with age. Yeah, some for get sure. better. I feel like he gets worse. Yeah, for sure. Um, so this is the part of the movie Friends when Santa Claus has been arrested because Charlie has gone missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just going to bring you back to that time when you were probably eight or nine years old, watching this, terrified. And he goes through all of the lists of names. We're like, "What is your name?" And he's like, "The Santa." He's like Santa Claus. And then he, they're like, "What is your name?" And he goes through all the names in different languages. So. <laughs> This is my little recreation of that. Yes. So the first one, uh, I only picked if I mean, I picked more than I probably should have, but I picked the ones that I thought sounded cool as shit. Uh, so the first one is Agios Vasilios, which is Greece. He's also called Saint Basil or Basil. I don't know which. I'm going to yeah, go with Basil. Yep. And he sprinkles basil uh, in everyone's home and it just smells fresh. Uh, So he visits homes in Greece to welcome the new year and family set up a place at the dinner table for him, which I thought was kind of cool. Then we have Babbo Natale, which is Italian. Um, Italy also has, (laughs) this is so cool. She's called La Befana and she's a quote, good Christmas witch. She rides her broom throughout Italy to bring gifts to children. This woman sounds cool as shit. I want to be like, I want to be La Befana. Thank you. Yes, exactly. Then we have. Donche Lao Ren, which is China. Um, another name for Santa is also Lan Kung Kung, which means, quote, nice old father, okay. which I really liked. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite one. This is Dead Moros, which, oh. if you had to guess, would be what language? So the problem is, I've already read it. Okay. But I'll give you what Eric said. Eric guessed Russia. And okay. I said, how did you guess Russia? He goes, well, it's like the only one that sounds like really fucking dark. Like the name dead is in there. Dead and that morose. was hilarious. 
dead morose. Yeah. So I literally laughed because that was almost seconds after I had, oh shit, my Siri is talking. Um, that was literally seconds after I had typed the note because of fucking course, the sound of dead is in the name for Russian Santa. <laughs> I mean, accurate. Yeah. Uh, fall the Christmas, which is the British the and the fancy as fuck. Yes. Kanaka. I, I practice this too. Damn it. Kana, Kanaka Loka. <laughs> sure. Kanaka Loka is Hawaiian for Santa. Papa Noel is Spain. Père Noël is France. Saint Nicklaus is Austria. Sinterklaas is Holland. And <laughs> I forgot I wrote this one. Oh, I'm so excited. Weihnachtsmann, which okay. is German, I think. Sounds the German. W I know is V. So Wein. <laughs> yeah, and it sounds like it looks like Weimar. So Weihnachtsmann. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. Which makes sense because if you look at a nightman. Which sounds terrifying. And it also reminds me of um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia with the nightman cometh. That's what I'm thinking of right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So Santa Claus, if you don't already know, is depicted typically as a, quote, portly, jolly, white bearded man, often with spectacles, wearing a red coat with white fur collar and cuffs, white fur cuffed red trousers, red hat with white fur and black leather belt and boot quote um, we will talk about where this image came from later on and i'm sure you'll talk about i mean like i feel like that's part of traditions kind of too yeah um he is said to make lists of children throughout the world and he organizes these lists based on their behavior and then he delivers all of their toys and presents in one single night of christmas eve and how does he do this well he's got elves working for him in the north pole who help him make the toys in his workshop and he has flying reindeer who pull his sleigh on a final creepy note he is quote commonly portrayed as laughing in a way that sounds like ho 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 <laughs> all of this to say that santa sounds mad fucking creepy when you describe him in such a clinical way yep. like if you were to just remove everything else and just only like like aliens right if aliens came down and they were like yeah what is this santa claus and you're like oh well, well yeah <laughs> they would they would he be like a list of every child <laughs> he breaks into their homes and leaves them presents <laughs> so yeah um so that's santa claus hopefully by now this far into the episode 10 minutes and you're like oh that's santa that claus one. I wasn't sure which one we were talking yeah. about. Um, but now I want to get a little bit into his predecessors because obviously this jabroni didn't just like show up out of nowhere. <laughs> jabroni. Um, <laughs> I keep saying that. My friend Christine listens to the podcast. What up, Christine? And she said jabroni in conversation a couple days ago at school. <sighs> and I was like, dude, did you just say jabroni? She's like, yeah, I was listening to the podcast on the way in. And I was like, yes, <laughs> make jabroni happen. No, do not make jabroni happen. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, I don't even think it's like, what does it mean? It just means a person. I think it jabroni. just means like, a, I thought it was like a bro. A foolish or a foolish or <laughs> person. <laughs> That's what it's I was going to say. It feels word. like a very a very jersey word to me like a stupid bro is what i picture well actually it's not like, the iron chic okay so purportedly originated by purportedly originated by the wrestler the iron chic and made famous by the rock 
is oh. jabroni derogatory? Okay. Um, I mean, I guess it's derogatory like in the it. sense that, but like, I don't say it in an offensive. Well, I just say it. <laughs> the history of jabroni. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so bonus episode. <laughs> bonus episode history of Jabroni. Um, so one of the big things, obviously, when we talk about predecessors to Santa Claus, is understanding the ideals of like Christianization and what it was like before and what it was like during and what it was like kind of after. So that's kind of how I structured some of my notes. So before Christianization, the Germanic peoples, including the English, celebrated an event called the Yule or Yuletide. But once the Germanic um the once Germanic Europe started to Christianize, which I think Christianize is a word, they started to um morph their beliefs a little bit more in line with what the Christians were like teaching, essentially. So in this celebration of the Yule, the people believed that more supernatural occurrences increased during this time frame, right. um, especially in the period of midwinter. So something called the wild hunt would take place when ghosts would parade through the sky and they were led by the god. I think it's Woden, but actually if you translate it into like Norse mythology, it would be the equivalent of Odin. I'm pretty sure that's kind of how I understood. That makes sense from some stuff I read. Yeah. And so Woden's role in this time is supposedly the influence of some of St. Nicholas's concepts and therefore Santa Claus's, including like the long white beard and the ride through the sky. So like, again, this is the pre-Christian Santa Claus, basically. Um, He's not necessarily known. I couldn't find too much about him bringing gifts to children, but like the whole riding through the sky on like the Yule Tide Eve was like his jam. Cool. So then we have St. Nicholas, who is the most well-known, I would say, of Santa's predecessors. Um, So St. Nicholas was a monk and then bishop that was born sometime around 280 AD in Patara, which is a town near Myra in present-day Turkey. So he was born, I believe, 280 AD. I want to say that was... Was it the Ottoman Empire? I'm pretty sure that where he was in Turkey, I should have looked this up for sure, but I'm pretty sure where he was in Turkey was not a particularly Christian area. I wouldn't say that Christians were persecuted because, believe it or not, they actually weren't shit on like um, people who were not Christian and Christian dominated areas were. But basically, um, he became known as this bearded bishop in canonical robes in the netherlands belgium germany austria and the czech republic so like his traditions and his like story traveled pretty far north from turkey so he's the subject of many legends and all of these legends are centered around the ideals of kindness piety generosity etc he is said to have given away all of the wealth he inherited when he traveled the countryside to help the sick and the poor so we have that whole like giving gifts to people right it wasn't necessarily just about like kids it was just like this guy is going around giving out money which sounds pretty cool right hello it's Hi. like publisher's clearinghouse yes. for 280 AD. yes um except the people he was helping had like nothing um so this is where it gets interesting and kind of weird because i had this very strange flashback to when i was in catholic school and 
I mean, I was only in Catholic school, kindergarten, first and second grade. And then my family moved to Singapore when I was in third grade. Right. So I was only in Catholic school for like three years. But I distinctly remember around this time of year, we would watch these like movies, obviously, that were like Catholic about St. Nicholas and like St. Patrick and shit like that. And there was this story of St. Nicholas where he saved three sisters from being sold into prostitution or sex slavery because their father couldn't afford to pay a dowry for them. So St. Nicholas paid the dowry to rescue them. And it's so weird because I literally remember that when I was like in second grade. Like I remember being like, oh my God, those women are going to be sold. Cool story for second graders. Well, that's right. That's literally, and I didn't even know what the fuck I was watching. And then when I was literally researching this, I was like, weird. I'm having some very weird (laughs) flashback vibes to this. Like, how the fuck am I okay? But then I realized I'm not. So there you go. Fair. Um, (laughs) So over the many years, he became known as the protector of sailors and children because these two categories clearly have so much in common. Right. Um, I don't know why it was sailors. I, yeah. I feel like I could have done more research. I mean, he's got a whole Wikipedia page. He's got a shit ton of books and articles. But, like, honestly, I was like, I just want to know why this guy is possible. Yeah. Um, but what's cool is that during the Middle Ages, so, what, he was 280, 260, 80? So, like, fast forward, like, a thousand years, and his story is still being told. And he actually becomes more and more popular in the Middle Ages. And during the Middle Ages... The Catholic Church literally celebrated every single fucking saint's feast day, whatever was going on. So that was actually part of the reason why cathedrals were built, because there needed to be a space for so many people to gather like so frequently. Yeah. So that's why they're so massive, um, especially in large towns and cities. So his feast day is December 6th, the day that he died. And this day also became known as a good or lucky day to quote make large purchases or get married quote and that's the closest comparison i can literally think of <laughs> because <laughs> getting married is a huge ass purchase Fair. um so if anybody got married on december 6th good job you got married on the day that saint nicholas died um so he continued to grow in popularity in the middle ages and then by the time the renaissance begins in the 1400s ish uh saint nick is the most popular saint which was a thing, which I think is interesting that people were like, oh, who's your favorite saint? Oh, mine's St. Nicholas. Like, it feels kind of like collecting baseball cards. Okay. I don't know why. I kind of always envisioned the saints as I got older, sort of as chocolate frog cards. Okay. And, like, that's kind of how I, I like, it. like, now continue to envision it, yeah. Um, See, even though J.K. Rowling's canceled, fucker, my little, I feel like um, that's how I envisioned it. Atheist life over here is I have a tab open where I just Googled where the saints real people. <laughs> they were. Yeah, they yes. all were. They And so, like, you have to be, is it canonized? Canonized, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's where I'm at. Yeah. So, um, and then every Catholic kid, if you go through confirmation, you get like a, or actually this might just be a Christian thing, but like. No, you get like a saint name or something, right? Yeah. My confirmation name is Mary because I always thought the Virgin Mary was so fucking badass. Like. That's fair. I don't know what it was, but I just was always like, yo, she had to go through so much bullshit and everybody was like, you know. This, like, little 15-year-old hoe got pregnant, and it's not Joseph's baby, like, and she still raised 
who would be supposedly right. a savior. I'm not I'm not even Christian. I mean, I was raised Christian, but like, I don't know. I always liked your story anyway. Right. That's my history into <laughs> my saint name. Um, and so the date of the Feast of St. Nicholas also changed throughout the years. Um, and what actually started to happen, and this was cool because I do teach this, is when the Protestant Reformation happens in Europe in the 1500s, um, Martin Luther basically steps in and he's like, y'all, y'all are too obsessed with like the fucking saints and like it's just too much like this is just a way for the church to take more of your time and money and it's like them telling you how to like believe in religion and luther was not about that so what he actually started doing which i think is pretty cool is that he started to celebrate only the saints that seemed to be like celebrating people as opposed to the church itself so he was a big part of normalizing saint nicholas giving gifts to children because he felt that it was more of a celebration of the children rather than of the saint so like you were giving gifts to children in honor of him as opposed to like giving your money to the church um and that was kind of how he sort of like structured his belief so up until you know the end of the reformation in the 15 1600s we are starting to see this be celebrated more frequently and we are also going to start to see like a combination of christian ideals with like more pagan traditions um and so those are the predecessors to santa claus nice um so i don't know if you i forget what we said when we started this um did you want to talk about some of his traditions and then i'll talk about his history yeah that works totally blanked okay yeah i don't remember either so i'm gonna talk about some of the basic traditions we like associate with santa so i have a short list here um one is the chimney so like the idea of him coming in through the chimney to your home Mm -hmm. which i kept reading was popular in europe for any gift giver so i get there's like other gift givers and other like cultures and lore and stuff where like elves come in and leave presents that way or whatever that the chimney is a common way to enter um and i read that in like ancient times the hearth of the home was held really sacred and was considered a source of like beneficence right like that makes a lot of good things so that kind of makes sense is like oh the good things are coming from the chimney yeah oh it's actually less creepy because if you look at it in an ancient ancient yeah Right, okay. it's less, this is the only way to break into the house, and more <laughs> right. like, good things come from here. Because and, and I it, feel like it's less efficient yeah. in modern times. Yeah. yeah, and it got really popularized in America. There's like the poem, A Visit from St. Nicholas, mm-hmm. um, and it's mentioned in there, and that's when the idea kind of spread to America. A lot of American Santa did from this poem. Um, but a lot less houses in America and as more are built have fireplaces it's you know not every house has a fireplace anymore because there's other sources of heat and cooking Mm -hmm. um and so i always think it's cute like there's little things you can buy right like little notes for santa that are like you know poems about we don't have a fireplace so use the front door or like putting a fake key outside for santa that's what we had yeah, yeah, I don't know if anyone, I know my dad listens and some of my sisters listen, but I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was this like really beautifully ornate Santa key that yeah. we would like leave out because we were so upset because we didn't have a fireplace in my very yeah. first house. And it was like such a relief, like as a child, right. I was like, oh, thank God he's got a key to get in. You know, It's like a yeah. skeleton key for my house. Yeah, yeah I remember Santa's going to be able to get in. 
and so the that's... reindeer dust too. Did you ever? Do you know I what never, I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. We never did it, but I know what you're talking yeah. about. And yeah. so that's kind of the next thing I have is like Christmas Eve rituals. And mm-hmm. this was really interesting because for me, you know, you always left milk and cookies for Santa. Right. Um, And then possibly like a carrot for the reindeer. Mm-hmm. Um, But in other countries, they don't leave milk and cookies. So in Britain and Australia, they leave sherry or beer. <laughs> and a mince pie. Awesome. Oh, wow. Uh, so it's like he basically does like a tour. Yeah, like a pub gets- crawl. Oh, yeah. And then he like comes to America and gets dessert. Yeah, and like other countries, so it's Denmark, Norway, and Sweden, they'll leave rice porridge with like sugar and cinnamon. And Ooh. in Ireland, they'll leave Guinness or milk. Um, <laughs> and then some sort of Christmas pudding, which pudding just means like dessert to these people. Um, Not like but- cozy check rice pudding. Oh, I love cozy check. Yeah, exactly. So like different <laughs> places leave different snacks out for him, and then some places do the like something for the reindeer as well um but usually there's some sort of christmas eve ritual to like prepare for santa yeah to leave you all your gifts and then one thing i saw and this actually makes sense from something you said is in hungary and i saw a couple other places santa actually comes on december 5th and they get their gifts the morning of december 6th which oh. I was like, oh, that's weird. But that's the day you said that he died that was celebrated. Mm-hmm. So that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's his feast day. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's sort of the day where this is what it says for Hungary. That if they were good, they get sweets in a bag. Mm-hmm. And if they were bad, they get a um a golden switch. Like like a stick to be hit with switch. Oh my god, do they get hit with it or do they I just don't know. get it as like it's a reminder? I don't know. They just get it. So like where we have the lump of coal tradition, they get a switch. Yeah. Um, but well, then Krampus what they have is, hits is on, with switches. Yeah. On actual Christmas Eve, for the like regular presents, little Jesus comes and leaves the I'm regular sorry. presents. L- little Jesus, the rapper. <laughs> I was just gonna say, oh, the rapper like yeah that's literally just setting i copy and pasted it little jesus so they have like a separate santa day and then christmas some places little jesus little jesus well little jesus is a music group good of course it is yeah uh you can go on their soundcloud stream (laughs) i'm gonna not Uh, but thank you there's nothing about like little G, I, I'm basically picturing a, an infant. Yeah, that's what I want. of toys into somebody's home. That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, that's fair. Is that worse than Santa, in your opinion? Yes, I think so too. Yep, for sure. <laughs> that would freak me the hell out. Oh my god, for sure. You just see like a little head like bombing. Oh, holy no. shit! I'm gonna have nightmares. I hate, it. I hate it. It's like, oh my god, did you ever see? The fucking puppy monkey baby commercial? No. Okay, okay. So your homework for this Christmas uh-huh. Eve Eve is to watch the puppy monkey baby video. Okay. And just report back to me. If anyone knows what I'm talking about, that's what I'm imagining for little Jesus in Hungary. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. <laughs> okay. Um, so I mentioned instead of a switch, Americans do a lump of coal, but no one actually really does that anymore. Typically, it's chocolate that's been made to look like coal. 
I got right. that one. Yeah. I mean, my family does it almost every year as a joke, right? Like everyone's yeah. stocking has fake coal mm-hmm. in it, but it would be Gum, kind of and it turns your teeth black. Yeah, but it would be weird mm-hmm. to do real coal. Like, where would you even get real coal now? You know? Yeah. Um. So that's kind of Amazon. archaic, right? It's kind of like <laughs> archaic, but it's still used as a symbol. Yeah. And then one of the fun things. So this wasn't really in what I was like reading about traditions, but it's one of the things I've noticed like as an adult that different people do differently is when you were a kid, were your presents from Santa wrapped or not? Oh yeah, they were. Yeah. They they were because I was one of four. And so Santa wrapped mm. all of our paper individually. So like my sister would always get horse wrapping paper and yeah. I would get like, um, I liked Superman. So I got Superman one year, Harry Potter or some shit. Yeah. We always had special yeah. wrapping paper. That's how my Santa had different wrapping paper. I was like the only right. kid. So it wasn't like for everyone, but it was different wrapping paper. So it wasn't what I knew we had. Uh, mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people who growing up, their Santa presents weren't wrapped was what it was. Really? So, like other presents would be wrapped under the tree, but they'd get up in the morning and there'd be bows and like um, gift tags on them. But the presents were just out like Santa didn't wrap them. So I thought oh. that was like, I don't know. It's just something I've met people who say that. And it's like, everyone does it differently. I wonder if that's just because their parents were like, fuck it. It's not worth it. Just put it under the goddamn tree. It's right. 3 a.m. on Christmas morning. Probably. Just, it's easy. Just put it there. <laughs> right. And then you just be like, Santa doesn't even wrap presents. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I always liked when, um, I'm sure my parents did this, but like they would like have a fully assembled dollhouse or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always thought that was cool. Yeah. They did all so stressful. Holy shit. Oh yeah. Um, so that's some Christmas Eve stuff. I tried looking up like ho, ho, ho. Cause I was like, surely there's something weird here, but really everyone's like, it's just a textual version of a laugh that translates into multiple languages. Well, like it's recognizable as laughter in different languages, even though it mostly comes from an American poem is like the the origin of it i'm trying to think what does the laugh that sounds like ho 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 sound like i can think it but i'm not doing it so i'll do it why the fuck not right no one can see me i'm <laughs> that's what i'm imagining yeah that's basically right? it yeah that's kind of it but like it's not like ho 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 you know what I mean? yeah it's, it's kind of like the uh-huh sound but like less coffee more yeah coffee. <laughs> basically so that Let's was it was kind of fruitless um yeah. i looked up a bit about where santa lives and so technically speaking like where he would live is in canada's jurisdiction and so santa was <laughs> formerly awar- santa's canadian was, god damn it he was awarded canadian citizenship which i said let me of in on that course. Of course he was. Um, so yeah, so he lives and works in Canada because his home is generally assumed to also be his workshop. They're kind of like one and the same thing. Um, but even though technically Canada would have jurisdiction, like every Nordic country claims that's where Santa lives. And right. Alaska has an area that they say is the address. And so they all have like towns you can go to and get it postmarked like the North Pole. And it says it's where Santa is. So everyone's like trying to get in on it for tourism. But the, yeah. like, official, if Santa was real, the North Pole would be in Canada. Huh. Which makes sense, because everything that I was reading sort of from a geographic standpoint, like, that is true. Yeah, exactly. So Which is, like, in the Arctic tundra. Right. And yeah, technically and, it's Canada. Yeah. And you forget how big Canada actually is. I forget yeah. how big Canada actually is until I look at a map and I'm like, oh, shit. Same. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so then the other big Santa thing is like what I just called public appearances, but like parades, going to meet Santa, taking pictures with Santa, TV shows, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big one is department stores is kind of where it started. Yeah. So it got credited in like 1890 to some Massachusetts department store that we don't know about anymore. They mm-hmm. started bringing Santa in. And the idea was like to promote the store's image because he would give small gifts to children. Oh, that's cool. Um, then I read spritz me with perfume as <laughs> in your mouth. <laughs> yeah, basically. But imagine if you were the only store with Santa, then you would be like, "Well, that's the Santa store." Yeah, that's true. And more people would go there, so then everybody wants a Santa store. Yeah, and what's generally considered like the quote real Santa, like the most authentic Santa experience, is now going to the Macy's on Thirty Fourth Street. Oh, um, yep. Kind of because of Miracle on 34th Street and that Macy's mm-hmm. is just a big Christmas area and the parade. That's kind of like if you're going to see the real Santa, you go to Macy's on 34th Street. Yeah. A I thing- remember doing that and shit, where's the other one? Uh, that really, really expensive place in the city. Bergdorf's. Shit, goes every- it's like. <laughs> what? Bergdorf's is like a fancy store. No, I know. <laughs> oh. you said, said Dumbledore. <laughs> I was like, no, it's for sure not Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Oh shit! I'm gonna. It's gonna come to me at a certain time. But like, they do the snowflake lights, and then like they do it to like music, and it's really nice. nice. Yeah, I don't remember what it's called. Saks, Saks Fifth Avenue. Oh, Saks. Yes, yes, yes. Saks. Yep, Saks. yep. We yes. used to do that back when the world wasn't shut down. Yes. So also a thing that I read and now in this moment i'm like shit i really should have looked that up more i feel like is there's like a throwaway um throwaway line about you know children go sit on santa's lap in the Mm -hmm. store is like what you do and in britain and sweden those practices are quote under review so they've started putting in rules so like in sweden Santa's not allowed to have children sit on his lap because it's considered oh. like risky that he's going to do something, right? Like wow. parents started saying they were concerned and so Sweden like the kid goes and stands with Santa and Santa can like touch them like their arm or their back or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but they're not allowed and it's literally it's basically from the little bit I did see it wasn't like something happened, right? Like there was a kid who claimed Santa molested them, blah, blah, blah. It's kind of like the Santa Union, the Society of St. Nicholas, yes. um, said like, <laughs> we're doing it to protect ourselves. Like we don't Which want- Which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. It, like there was no known incident of it. They're just like, mm, this seems like it might eventually end badly for us. Mm -hmm. um so we're gonna not do that anymore in sweden see in my head for the british i would be like it's not proper enough you don't sit on a stranger's lap yeah (laughs) that's so not british no they're just like he can like shake hands (laughs) touch the children's arm but not like otherwise contact yeah like curtsy only offer him some tea and get the fuck out of there yeah basically (laughs) um for these santas there are schools you can go to to learn how to be santa Oh my god, I'm so glad you're talking about so this. So there's like the International School of Santa Claus and you can get the degree Master of Santa Claus. Oh, um, costs money, right? I'm sure. Because I'm sure it's like 
clown college, you know, like it's a skill you're going to learn. So I'm so you sure you have to be like an older man. Probably you have to like physically pass, you know, like older man have white hair. I don't know if you have to have a beard because they can give you a fake beard. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's like a school. And so, like, I went on the website. It's, like, a slightly janky-looking website, but it's definitely a school. Oh, my school. God, School for Santa's TM? <laughs> yeah, School 4, like, the number 4. 4. It's so janky-looking. It's so janky-looking. It's like, to be, like, it's like it is this place? the School for Santa's. I wonder. Let's see if I'm on. Um, I'm going to go to the FAQs. Anyone right, can register or attend. It's open to all Santas, Mrs. Claus, Santa's helpers. <gasps> Oh, fuck yeah. FAQs. Yeah, I'm going to follow. Yeah. You don't have the to have a real board. For me. Um, so yeah. these schools, they look like they're pop-up. You can get a PhD, by the way. You can get a doctorate in Santa Clausology. From there's this no- school? Yes, but there's no way that's like a real PhD, right? I mean, listen, I've always wanted to be Dr. Fitzgerald. So like part <laughs> of me is like, fuck it. I'm not going to get married like in my wedding next year. I'm just going to blow all the money on a fucking Santa degree. Yeah, it's not certified as an institution of higher education, (laughs) nor accredited by the Council for Higher Education, nor any organization recognized by them. Lame. So you can get like Dr. Werner, Dr. and Mr. Werner. That's what I want. I mean, people are like, oh, Dr. Werner, what are you the doctor? And I'll be like, Santaology. Santa Clausologies, <laughs> yes. Fuck is that? <laughs> oh man, there was a Mediterranean cruise you could go on and learn to be Santa while you were there. That would have been lit. That would have been crazy. Imagine all the drunk Santas. It's like SantaCon oh. on oh, a boat. We will get to SantaCon, don't worry. Oh, good. Because I was like, do I want to research this? And I'm having flashbacks too. This one time I did a really awful Hoboken SantaCon and I was like, I don't yes. know if I can go back there ever when again. I, when I talk about pop culture, I'll talk about SantaCon. Yes. Um, the last thing I have for traditions is the idea of writing letters to Santa, which mm-hmm. is basically just that's how you, you know, Santa was around way before you could like email Santa. So everybody wrote little letters. Right. Um, a lot of pla- basically any country with like an official postal service facilitates it in some way. So they will have, like, they'll accept letters for Santa and there's somewhere they send them, whether it's, like, a local organization or some of them, the mail workers themselves will write back. There's all these different things. So there's usually some level um, of engagement with these letters and, like, they always accept the letters and stuff like that. Yeah. It used to be in Britain, the tradition used to actually be burning the letters. So you would put them in the fire and and the like story was that once, you know, they like turned to smoke and were magically transported to the North Pole, like that they kind of went up in the smoke. Oh my God. And then literally the sentence said, however, this has been found to be less efficient than the use of the normal postal service. Oh my God. Studies have shown that burning the letters doesn't send them as effectively as sending the letters. Right. And (laughs) now that less homes have open fires in them, um, like fireplaces. (laughs) Right. They've kind of just switched to the postal service thing, too. Um, And there's other countries, like some of them would tie them to helium balloons and different things like that. 
but Got most it. places the dolphins yeah most nice. places with a postal service now just have like boxes set up and there are people who will write back or take the letters and different things like that I love that there's burning. Eric and I have talked about this because we saw uh-huh. this like gif or some meme or some shit online like a few years ago. And we were like, when we have kids, what we're going to do is we're going <laughs> to. This is so fucked up. <laughs> like you, you have empty presents wrapped under the tree. And if your kids are acting like a bunch oh of assholes, God, you no. take the empty wrapped present no. and you throw it in the fireplace. And you're like, keep acting up and I'll keep burning your face. I presents. don't want to be adopted by you. <laughs> <laughs> Eric and I were like, that'd be cool as shit, right? But also, no, like, I'd be traumatizing. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, a fun thing. Now I keep wanting to laugh like ho ho ho. By the way, thank you. The entire episode. I keep making sure that I'm not like ho ho. ho you know I want I mean? you to do that the whole episode. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, I'll try. Oh okay. So the last thing about letters to Santa, um, is that like social scientists like have studied these letters. And found that they can pretty predictably tell if a letter was written by a boy or a girl. Hmm, Like, in little kids. And so the, like, generalizations they found were girls' letters tended to be longer. Uh Um, They tended to be more polite lists. So, like, just (laughs) listing things out. And talking Mm -hmm. about the nature of Christmas in their letters, they would mention. And girls were also more likely to request gifts for other people in their letters to Santa. Whereas boys were less likely to do all those things. And so they did a thing where they they could pretty predictably tell whether a letter was written by a little girl or a little boy just from the content of it. Like, even if it was typed out and you couldn't see the handwriting or anything like that. That, like, warms my cold heart. And then also, like, infuriates me that women are taught from such an early age to To sacrifice everything for themselves. And to be polite. And, like, that boys aren't aren't taught that, right? Like, no, you ask for a present for your mom, too. Yeah. Uh, that's what the whole christmas that killer christmas thing is fat man or whatever yeah you're just saying yeah so that's what the whole premise is is the kid doesn't get what he wants for christmas and he hires a hitman to kill santa claus good it's like this like little rich white boy because they're not entitled enough now we need to put in the heads of children that they should put a hitman out for fucking oh then i think of this i don't know if it's like a commercial or what it was i think it's a commercial where it's little kids who don't who come from families without a lot of money and they'll ask them do you want so they'll show them like you know what i mean where it's like here's the present you want right like here's an xbox and then here's a nice piece of jewelry for your mom and almost all of them or for your sister or your grandma and almost all of them pick the present for their family member and then they're like okay but you can have your present too oh gets me every time Oh, I know. Me too. Oh my God. I'm literally thinking that. And they're little, I, I can picture this one little boy's face just like dropping like, mm-hmm. what? And then he's like, no, it's for my mom. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God. It's so great. Yes. 1000%. Yep. I um, love that. Yeah. And then I started, I looked at like Santa trackers, but I don't like Santa trackers and I got bored. So I just wrote whatever and no notes because I feel like. <laughs> I just scrolled down and I was like, Santa trackers, whatever. I, I literally like. like I I don't know. It's a Santa tracker. It's a fake thing so you can see how Santa gets around. The point is he's magic. You can't track him. There's no logical way he can get to every house. So a Santa tracker ruins the magic, in my opinion. But you don't think he can get to every house even with time zones? No. I don't know, man. What if he only takes... And he doesn't visit every house. But he doesn't visit every house. He only visits the houses of people who celebrate Christmas, which I feel like is going to be a problem when we talk about criticism. 
But I always yeah, wondered, like, but, okay, but, what about like the kids who are in India who don't celebrate Christmas? Like, oh, that's yeah. okay. They don't have. They've but, got their own look, awesome fucking holidays. Santa visits approximately five hundred million houses in okay. forty-two hours. That okay. means I'm reading math. So what's what else the math? Did. I can't math do math. But this up. person on Forbes said that Santa has three hundred microseconds each house. Possible. It's possible. And that doesn't include travel time. <laughs> Oh, so uh, right. So why don't we do this? We should have the winter solstice as Christmas because it's the longest night of the year. Then Santa gets a couple more hours. That's true. That's true. Nobody thought that through, honestly. No, I agree. But Christians, man. Either way, I personally don't like Santa trackers, so I didn't research them because I didn't feel like (laughs) my little cousins um, are believers in Santa and we always amp them up. Like tomorrow when I see them for Christmas Eve, I always pull it up on my phone. I'm like, God, yeah. Santa's flying over the Atlantic. Oh, and that's all and they're like, like, oh my God, oh my God. Go back on it. Cause I feel like kids now are more used to being able to track things and see things online. Right. So I can see where they're like, well, I want to see where Santa is. Whereas I never right. like, I want to know where Santa is. I was yeah, just like, I, I just know wanted Santa the magic of not knowing. Yeah. I well, I was just like, know. I know Santa will be here no matter what, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I loved waking up Christmas morning being like, oh, he was here. You know what I mean? Like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. cool. Exactly. So those are some um, of the, the yeah. Santa traditions um, that that I've got for you and what they are and why we pretend they're about Santa, even if sometimes they aren't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the next segment is, like, not as fun. Believe it or not, the history of Santa is lame as fuck. I didn't think it was going to be as, like, lame as it was. But the more I was reading, the more I was like, so, um, like most things in history, like I said before, the origins of Santa was this combination of church history, pagan beliefs, and just general folklore. So, Santa first appears in America. I mostly talked about it in America. Yeah. Like, as Santa Claus, not, like, Father Christmas, which already existed in the British colonies. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he first appears in America when the British colonies are in control or when America's the British colonies. Um, and he's like a combination of Father Christmas with St. Nicholas with some of the pagan beliefs. So the name Santa Claus was Angli- Anglicanized, Anglicized, Anglicized. That sounds better. Yeah, I think um, Anglicized. From- from Sinterklaas. So Sinterklaas is the Holland. What is is that Dutch? Did I just say Dutch? Sinterklaas. Yeah. I think that's Dutch. Yeah. So because you look at places like New York, it used to be New Amsterdam. That's actually where a lot of the traditions kind of originated. Um, because you had people who were coming over, um, building these colonies that were not just British, but also um, from Holland and the Netherlands and stuff like that. So Sinterklaas gets translated into Santa Claus in the year 1773. In Washington Irving's book, History of New York, published in like the 1800s, okay. quote, he was first pictured as a thick-bellied Dutch sailor with a pipe and a green winter coat, quote. So he sounds badass. Yeah. Um, Really weird feeling around christmas apparently historically like so washington irving wrote this book and specifically toned down santa claus because prior to this christmas in general was like a crazy wild celebration that included quote 
aggressive home invasions under the guise of wassailing, substantial premarital sex, and public displays of sexual deviancy, quote. Okay. Like, so I'm just imagining um, a bunch of people getting shitty in, like, the 1700s in the streets and just, like, doing these, like, really not 1700-friendly things with each yeah. other. Um, and then people would, like, break into other people's houses in, like, the like they said, in the guise of wassailing, which I think is caroling, right? Yes. I, I think so. Up, right? It is. Yeah. So, like, um, they would just, like, burst into people's, like, parlors and be like, we're singing songs but also taking shit. Um, so <laughs> Irving... Right. So, like, I was, like, really surprised by this. So he wrote this... Um, like really gentle portly dutch man who smokes a pipe and he's like chill as fuck um and he also kind of worked a little bit with like puritans who also wanted to tone down christmas because it was like defeating the purpose of christmas by everybody yeah. being a bunch of like assholes basically but so a lot of santa's history also is centered around ideas of what was happening in literature at the time, which I thought was pretty cool um, because in, in reality, Santa, and this is kind of my like philosophical thought for this episode is um, Santa is, and almost always has been created by people. Mm -hmm. Like he's always been a character who has morphed through time. And it's always been at like the imagination of human beings. Yeah. Um, so, like, throughout the 19th and 20th centuries, different books and poems steered the public interpretation of Santa. So, for example, in 1823, a poem titled A Visit from St. Nicholas that you mentioned earlier yeah. described him as, quote, chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf. And today we would call this poem The Night Before Christmas, which yeah. is cool. Yeah, and that's basically um, where, like, a lot of American Santa came from. Mm -hmm. And this is also the first time we see the reindeer right like there was never any like uh, this like is how santa is getting around yeah. mm -hmm. like people i don't i couldn't find anything about how people thought santa made the rounds prior to this i'm assuming honestly Before. they didn't yeah in my head think this is gonna sound kind of fucked up but i don't think they cared yeah like it wasn't like oh my god but what about the little yeah. kids in china are they getting gifts like it was kind of just like okay we're in a british colony like whatever who gives a shit my kid yeah, got you, presents That's i mean there was just was less of a sense of like the world you know yeah like globalized thinking exactly for sure yeah um, like you and knew then, there was other and, people and but it just wasn't zones. present right and you didn't have time zones either so, like, the concept of yeah. time, I feel like, was different. Which actually is kind of fucking weird. Now that I'm thinking about it. Now I'm kind of tripping out. Okay. Anyway, and the night before Christmas, um, we see the reindeer being introduced. So, their original names were Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, Dunder, no. and Blitzem. Ew. Blit, like, Blitzen with an N. M. Blitzem. No. So, Dunder and Blitzem... <laughs> Which makes me think of Dunder, Dunder Mifflin. Mifflin, yeah. Right? <laughs> so it's like on Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Dunder and Mifflin. Like that's like, <laughs> what I thought. Um, Dunder and Blitzem actually came from the old Dutch words for thunder and lightning. Okay. Uh, and they later changed it to more German sounding Donner and Blitzen. Okay, that makes sense. 
Donner having no relation to the Donner party. Right, of course. That's also important to clarify. Another big name that came up in my research was a dude named Thomas Nast. Like, nasty, without a Y. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he was... You good? Yeah, I just kicked my microphone. <laughs> um, so Thomas Nast was a 19th century American cartoonist, and he was one of the first artists to really give Santa a modern image. So in 1863, he illustrated Santa as being large and heavyset, dressed in an American flag, no. holding a puppet named Jeff. But why? So my next thing was, I do not fucking understand. The context from what I was reading was that it was taking place during the Civil War. Okay. So I guess it was probably some, like, Santa propaganda, Santa believes in the Union. Right. Because Jefferson... That's kind of... Davis? Yeah. Was the president of the Confederacy. Yes. Right. So I feel like it was... I guess it was probably just like honestly a propaganda piece. I don't know the puppet named Jeff though. Like that actually freaked me out. I don't know why. First of all, I don't think I like puppets. Uh, Yeah. Second of all, why the fuck would you name your puppet Jeff? Why would you just have an elf? Well, elves weren't really a thing as much yet, I guess. Yeah, they weren't a thing yet. That actually tends to be more like late 19th, early 20th century. Um, When people started to like realize the population was booming and they're like, oh, fuck is Santa making all this shit? Yeah. so Nast also may have been responsible for declaring Santa as living in the North Pole. So the first time it kind of appears is in 1866 when he like mentions that that's where Santa's workshop is. And the lore and tradition of that spread pretty quickly enough that by 1874, quote, a boy from Colorado who wrote to the children's magazine, The Nursery, in late 1874 said, if we do not live so very far oh sorry if we did not live so very far from the north pole i should ask santa claus to bring me a donkey okay and i was like good for you boy i would too yeah because <laughs> a donkey would be cool as shit for sure um so mrs claus became popular around the late 1800s um 1880s 1890s with a woman named Catherine lee bates or then kathy bates <laughs> Obviously, who popularized Mrs. Claus in a poem called Goody Santa Claus on a Sleigh Ride. And my first thought was Goody Santa Claus. And then I was like, right, that's what people yeah. used to be called. Like Goody, yeah. Goody Proctor. Goody Claus. That's what I was going to say. And I was like, she's not going to fucking know what Goody Proctor is, <laughs> but I'm so glad you know. Oh, Don't you worry. I've you. got Goody Proctor on lock. Bless you, woman. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the 20th century <laughs> is where we see most santa's like most of santa's changes taking place in the 20th century so um i actually wrote when santa really took off (laughs) pun intended um l frank Baum, who was (laughs) thank you i appreciate it who is the author of the wizard of oz yeah also gave santa a lot of his characteristics today one of the big ones being immortality which i never really thought of but then i was brought immediately back to tim allen's the santa claus in which you put on the suit, you become Santa Claus because you killed Santa. So, like, you know, um, as well yeah. as the desire for Santa to bring joy into the lives of all children. Okay. Um, we also have the Coca-Cola company who further popularized him. Oh, yeah. There is juice. this, like, 
theory that he wears the red and white because they're company colors and yeah it's just that, like they fucking... started santa as it is yeah. now but snope says mm-hmm. that's wrong it is wrong actually yeah so apparently santa in the red and white had already occurred in advertising as early as 1950 yeah which is like 15 to 20 years earlier than it was used um by coca-cola yeah um and then santa became more of a benevolent character as he began to be used more philanthropically so um you've got in 1937 charles w howard who opens up the charles w howard santa school which is the oldest continuously run such school in the world which is pretty cool um so i'm glad you brought up that there is santa yeah because i read one sentence about this and i was like there's more information out there um as time passed, Santa was depicted as, well, originally Santa had been depicted as making toys by himself, but as time passed, the idea emerged that he had elves who were responsible for building the toys and he just delivered them um, and monitored the list and all that shit. You see Santa used in um, military propaganda in the 1940s. So during World War II, especially, um, a way to kind of help motivate people to be on the home front aspect was by putting santa in like kind of like military garb i wouldn't say it was like santa holding like an ak and he was like (laughs) kill the nazis Uh um but like (laughs) but actually um a couple years ago i actually got the chance to take some kids to europe on a world war ii tour and we saw a bunch of old like period pieces from the 30s and 40s and like we got to see this one poster i'll see if i can find it in my pictures i'll post it online um it's santa wearing like an army helmet and he's like santa wants you to support the u.s army or whatever and like or it's like santa's fighting for the good of people like you know be grateful for the rations you have basically because i think they were like okay well obviously people kids might not be getting as many presents this year um and it's a way to kind of just get them prepared that like everyone had to make a sacrifice for the good of America, essentially. Right. So that's kind of, you know, up until like the forties and fifties, I feel like, you know, popular culture, I've got some stuff. I know you have some stuff too, more like yeah. modern times. Um, and then you also have stuff about why he's problematic. Yes. And I'm so stoked for that. Yes. So for kind of popular culture, like you said, things started to shift a little bit at the beginning of the 20th century. And part of that is people start becoming used to the idea of mass production and kind of accepting Mm -hmm. that more. So it's not like Santa has to make every toy by hand. They're used to like assembly lines. So that's when you start to see elves come in a lot and they're being portrayed as like the people using the assembly lines. Um. Which makes sense. And then there was, I literally wrote, ew, capitalism. Because there's like a quote that I have that's, (laughs) the shift was reflected in the modern depiction of Santa's residence. Now often portrayed as a fully mechanized production and distribution facility, equipped with Mm -hmm. the latest manufacturing technology and overseen by the elves with Santa and Mrs. Claus as executives or managers. So it basically was like Santa's running a business here. Like, it basically turned into that, which... To some extent, they had to do that for it to be logical at all, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but also, like, magic. I don't know. But it's also hard, too, because, like, the the problem is, like, as technology develops, like, how the fuck do you explain Santa building a PS5? Yeah. Like, you know? So, like, part of right. me always, like, thought it was cool how parents, and I probably do this, too, when we have kids, like, 
I, I probably will say like PS5 shit comes from mom and dad. Oh, I will get to a rant about anything. That. Yeah. Okay. Good. 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 I've I got. Have... I'm like holding on to that. Yeah. Yes. I have a rant about that. Don't even worry. Perfect. Bless. Um, pop culture wise, so the first portrayal of Santa Claus in film is in 1912, in a yep. movie very creatively called Santa Claus. Whoa! Is uh, it the Santa Claus? No, just Santa Claus. No e. <laughs> and it's not the. It's Santa. Just Claus. Santa Claus. Um, but that basically started like obviously a huge trend of Santa in movies, which mm-hmm. led to him kind of becoming this meetable character. Right? You can meet him at Disney or see him in other media. Um, and all these things it kind of blew him up into something a little more accessible yeah um one thing i thought was interesting and i saw you have this quote too is like some sociologists say he's one of the few positive male cultural icons i laughed so hard because i was like like, is there really such a thing that's what i I wrote in my notes I just looked at your notes and I had to like hold back like tears because I was like, I love that she literally wrote if there is such a thing. That's incredible. I will give the quote. I liked the quote though. I did too. And that's why I put it. Because I was like, this makes me feel less gross about Santa. Right. Like it says, Santa's really the only cultural icon we have who is a male, does not carry a gun, and is all about peace, joy, giving, and caring for other people. That's part of the magic for me, especially in a culture where we've become so commercialized and hooked into manufactured icons. Santa's much more organic, integral, connected to the past, and therefore connected to the future. So I did think that was, like, nice. And that's actually fair, although I would argue that the only other male that is currently in culture right now would be Kristoff from Frozen. And he is actually the best positive male cultural icon we could possibly ask for. He's He's all of these things and then some. basically and he's cute af and he's jonathan groff oh he is i know perfect um but basically in addition to movies they start doing a bunch of other stuff and a lot of this portrays that same sort of like business element so it becomes common to have comic strips that kind of show like santa's elves as like a disgruntled workforce like pulling Mm -hmm. pranks on santa like the office but for santa (laughs) um they put a stapler in jello yeah basically i know that show did not age well but there are some parts of that show that are fucking hilarious and i just i know that's maybe not a popular opinion but there are some parts of that like when (laughs) when dwight's desk gets wrapped in the gift wrap do you know what i'm talking about yes and he's like, oh, this is going to take me three seconds to unwrap. <laughs> and then he puts his briefcase and the whole thing collapses. In. Oh. Like, that's brilliant. Yes. I'm sorry. I digress. No, you're good. You're good. Um, so then I started looking at SantaCon, which was actually really interesting. So first, mm. the Guinness World Record for the largest gathering of Santa Clauses is held by a city in India where in 2014, 18,112 Santas overtook the previous record. So SantaCon is not like the largest gathering of Santas in India a few years ago. Over 18,000 Santas gathered. So just a fun fact. But there's also SantaCon, which I've always just known as like, it's the big pub crawl in New York City, right? People dress Mm -hmm. up as Santa, Mm -hmm. they get fucking wasted, and they like act a fool. But actually the history of SantaCon, (laughs) they like act a fool. They do. I feel like that's such a southern thing to say. I don't know why. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, they act like a bunch of jabronis, and Ex- you're like, they act a fool. They like, act a fool. <laughs> but the history, 
history of SantaCon is actually like completely different. So in 1974, there was um, a Danish activist theater group and they organized as you will (laughs) yes they like organized basically a protest where they all dressed up as santa went into stores and just started handing out things from the stores as like quote presents without buying them um like and it was supposed to be like making fun of christmas and the consumerism and like screwing with the stores and Mm. it was like street theater right um and they originally did that in this Danish group, but then San Francisco decided to copy it. So San Francisco uh, okay. had what they called Santarchy. Oh um, That's awesome. I know. That's so, my drag name. <laughs> yes. And like, same thing. They were trying to do like performance art that was kind of anti-Christmas. Like it was supposed to be a one-time thing as right. a recurring event. But then in 1996, they were like, oh, we're going to do it in Portland, and then 1997 in Seattle, and then 1998 in Los Angeles and New York. And that kind of turned into something less, like, no one was trying to get as arrested there. And so it was just a bunch of people dressed as Santa, like, up and down the street caroling, basically. That seems like fun. Yeah. And basically what I read was, like, it's been corrupted into this, like, gross pub crawl, and people hate it now. Um, where it's like what was originally first like this completely anti-consumer consumerist anti-capitalist thing then then became became a celebration of santa and now it's just like a giant frat party you know you only need to go to one santa con in your life and then you get every fucking santa con that could possibly exist it's awful i don't even know why i went i think i was young and in my early 20s and i was like this is what everyone's doing meanwhile i'm like now I'm like in bed by ten, right? <laughs> um, so then also I started looking a little bit about like films about Santa, um, and I don't feel like listing every film about Santa. I did, like I said, I was with a friend, so I was like, "Hey, who's the definitive Santa?" And she was basically like, "Well, there's two, right? There's Miracle of Forty Thirty Fourth Street is like real Santa, but then if I picture Santa, it's like Tim Allen Santa Claus." Yes. Um, I mean, he even I just rewatched that movie, and he fucking looks like what Santa Claus looks like. Yes. Um, but like I did read, there's kind of genres of these films, right? Like a Santa film fits into one of five categories, and I thought that was interesting. Oh Jesus, that's cool. What is it? So Santa's origins is one. Okay. So, like how Santa came to be. Fair. Um, questioning and believing. So where you have someone saying like I don't believe in Santa and having to learn like elf right where he like teaches them the magic of christmas and polar express yeah um santa as a hero so something where santa has to save the day or save the elves all that Mm -hmm. the idea of the succession of santas so this is like the santa claus right the idea of do people take over santa like does it change hands or like that movie from last year noel with anna kendrick that movie so i haven't cute. seen that is it good because i was gonna watch good. that tonight. i loved it okay um i love her so yeah so like the, i liked that one um so that's like succession of santas and then there's imposter santas um so those are kind of like the categories and i i was thinking through like most imposter. santa films i can think of fit into one of those I love Imposter Santas because I'm straight up thinking of Elf when he's like, you sit on a throne of lies. Yes, <laughs> Imposter Santas. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Did you ever see somebody like remade Elf's 
trailer into like a horror film trailer no oh it's freaking good i'll, I'll send it to you it's, it's hilarious fun. it's very very good yeah yeah imposter santa's like some they counted like the nightmare before christmas sort of as that yep. right like him trying totally. to take over and be santa some of the later santa claus movies um yeah. some horror films that have someone dressed up as santa that kind of thing Krampus. Um, Krampus, <laughs> yeah. Anti-Santa. Mm-hmm. And so basically, like, current pop culture Santa is a mix of a lot of the, like, traditions and rituals I talked about and what we know is like, media Santas kind of mm-hmm. get conflated, right? Like, you assume certain things are true from a movie and then that becomes part of Santa and all that. Right. Um. So then I have criticisms of Santa. Actually... I tried really hard. I first I was like, there's gotta be some conspiracy theories about Santa, and I cannot find any. And so then I was like, okay, no, somewhere on the internet is a group of adults who think Santa is real. I was like, somewhere I can find this subreddit. Is there? Did you find no, it? No, I didn't. I couldn't oh, find shit. the only thing I could find is there was a bunch of things where people did surveys, and the surveys, like 30% of people would say they believed in Santa, but they're just being little shits, you know, like. They mean, like, the spirit of Santa. 30% of adults do not think Santa's real. And so I was really sad I couldn't find any of that. So then I just moved on to criticisms. Yeah. Yeah. So criticisms here, there's kind of two sections. One of things that I had heard and one of things I hadn't. So the things I hadn't, um, one is the the kind of Christian puritanical criticism, which you Mm -hmm. mentioned kind of from, like, back in the day that the idea of christmas in general is too lavish right that's not the point of christmas it's not about gift giving santa claus is a symbol of gift giving um and that's really not like what you were supposed to be doing so especially like Mm -hmm. puritanical people and calvinists were like that's too much we're like stripping back to minimalism there's no santa um christmas was like banned during puritans and calvinists in the 17th century at one point and so then when so much about like excess yeah exactly and so then like american colonies that were established kind of reflected that view at first right um but later after the restoration and stuff christmas started to become popular again um but some of the colonies before then they focused a lot more heavily on new year because that was more of like a symbolic holiday it's funny i actually was doing research and i found something about russia so okay. there was an article <laughs> that I was reading and then like the bottom of it was called like the Santa problem. So like where he's caused controversy and one of the big areas that he did was in Russia. So in Russia, Santa Claus was like not a good thing, according to Joseph Stalin. Okay. It's like, really interesting. So um, instead they like replaced him with, technically grandfather frost who's the dead morose Mm -hmm. and basically the soviet union believed that like celebrating christmas and gift bringers was just like not in the soviet way like it just wasn't in that mindset so i guess stalin needed to build support for himself in the 30s (laughs) so he just gradually re-allowed grandfather frost to come back yeah they were like well santa's allowed but he can only come in in the new year (laughs) that's really funny yeah good good um i did find like currently so i was like are there really current christians who are like santa is bad and i did find a quote from the 
like the Christian science movement likes to quote the founder um, and talk about basically like sh- children shouldn't be taught Santa has anything to do with Christmas because it's, it's a lie, which we'll get to. Um, but basically like it's kind of an immoral model of Christmas with all the gifts yeah. and things like that. So there are mm-hmm. some people who are like, yeah, no, we don't, we still don't think this jives with like Christian viewpoints, but most of it was kind of older. Yeah. Uh, my favorite criticism, so the little headline for this on Wikipedia was just opposition under state atheism, which sounds a lot more hardcore than it actually ended up being. Yeah, um, it sounds like a chant. Right. It sounds cool. But basically, it's like the Marxist-Leninist doctrine of state atheism in the Soviet Union, like you said, mm-hmm. basically like prohibited Christmas celebrations because it prohib- prohibited anything religious. So, like, no religious holidays were allowed. And so they started having, what was it? The League of Militant Atheists started campaigns against certain traditions. And so, like, the big ones were Christmas trees and Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Um, They also included Easter. Right? So they were trying to, like, get rid of these religious holidays as state holidays. But not just as state holidays. They were, like, getting rid of them altogether. Um, I actually didn't know that about the Soviet Union. Yeah. And so what they did is they established a once a month holiday. So the 31st of every month that has a 31st was a non-religious holiday. So there was like something to replace it where you like got a day off or you could like have cake or whatever, but there was no (laughs) religious reason behind it. And they're just like, it's, it's, we're getting off. Yeah. It's like, this is our holiday instead. Huh. Um, and it's still, there are places, I guess, that like still have these sorts of rules. So I literally don't know. It says where, and I was like, I've never heard of this place in my life. Um, but so like as recently as 2018, this, the city management of Langfeng, I don't know where Langfeng is. It's somewhere in China. The Langfeng Republic is somewhere in China. Um, Either way. But- yeah, it's basically located almost midway between Beijing and Tianjin. Okay. In China. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard of that before. But they, like, as recently as 2018, issued a statement saying, like, if you were caught selling Christmas trees, wreaths, stockings, or Santa Claus figures, you'd be punished. So wow. there are places that are, like, not just, we don't do Christmas as a state celebration, but, like, it is prohibited. Which, like, if any weird right-wingers are listening to this, calm down. Don't be like, we're persecuted. It's, like, this one place. You'll be fine. But um, <laughs> but it, there are a couple places where you're, like, not allowed. To, there's the war on Christmas. If you want to play war on Christmas, go to Langfang. <laughs> don't come back. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So then the other two that I've heard more. So one is lying to kids, right? Like if you're telling kids about Santa, you are knowingly telling them something that is not true, that they will yeah. one day find out is not true. Um, And so some people really don't like this idea and like aren't mm-hmm. willing to lie to their kids. And they extend that to the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny and things like that. Um, And so I read a little bit about the idea of like the line between imaginative play or like creating a fiction. Right. So letting a kid believe in something magical versus like spinning this tale for them. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's the two sides. Right. There's a lot of people think that it's not just a simple lie. It's like this complicated series of really large lies. That oh, you're telling. Yeah. I and remember like, one year my parents fucking this isn't Santa, but they somehow made bunny tracks from yep. baby powder on my carpet. Yeah. Yep. Like 
that's commitment. I never asked her how she did that. I got to ask my mom. Yeah. And so there was one thing that was like, the argument kind of goes both ways that it's not a lie your parents tell you. It's a cultural lie. Right. So that. Right. Your parents mm-hmm. tell you that, but you count on them for information, but you also look around at the world and your friends and books and TV and movies and everyone you know is saying that and it kind of validates that. And I feel like it's almost weirder if you don't believe. Right. And then you have things like, you know, your cookies and milk are half eaten when you wake up. Mm-hmm. Um, And so like- There's fucking presents there that yeah, were not there the night before. Reindeer mm-hmm. tracks. Like it continues to be validated. So there's a thing that's like- yep. Kids are actually doing a really good job of scientifically evaluating Santa and, like, using their logic. It's just that adults do a really good job lying about it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And so, obviously, some people don't like that. There is also the thought, so, like, some, like, child psychologists will say there's this idea of, like, a kinship with the adult world that makes children not angry they were lied to. Like, most kids aren't really pissed off and betrayed when they learn about Santa. Um, like most kids kind of accept it. And there's partially an idea is that a lot of kids, when they were spoken to, they said they felt older and more mature, that they knew something younger kids didn't. Right. Like now I've, and it's like that beginning transitional. And if you think about the age that typically happens, it's usually by like 10 or 11 when you're already starting to be a tween and you're not really a kid, but you're not a teenager yet. And I actually think that that's totally fair too. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, normally it doesn't have a huge negative effect on kids, but some people are just not willing to, like, tell these crazy lies and things like that. Right. Um, we do a lot more negative shit with children than right. fucking like, tell them about the Santa Claus. The worst thing we do isn't Santa Claus. Yeah. Um, yep. Telling them that they need to go to college and get a four-year degree and get into fucking $80,000 worth of debt. For real. That's a worse lie. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> The real lie is that you can just get a job with your bachelor's. <laughs> yep. That it matters what your bachelor's is in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, speaking of, so the last like major criticism is that Santa's a symbol of commercialism. I didn't spend mm. a lot of time like reading through like I can get a bunch of academic texts and like this is very clearly a thing, right? Santa brings yeah. you all sorts of shit. This is where I'm gonna rant a little bit about my feelings yes. about Santa. I'm going to sit back and Christmas. just let you go. Because I love I love Christmas. I'm, like, huge on Christmas. Yeah. I love all the, like, little kid stuff for Christmas. I don't care that it's a lie. We're going all in. Whatever. <laughs> but what bugs me is when people get their kids, like, really expensive gifts. So, like, a new TV or a PS5 and mark those as being from Santa. Because mm-hmm. then what's going to happen is they're going to go to school and they're going to be like, Santa brought me a PS5. And some other kid whose family doesn't have money is going to be like, well, Santa brought me socks. Right. And so then it looks like Santa mm-hmm. is playing favorites. And then the kid is like, am I not good enough? Was I on the bad list? And so what yep. people should do is Santa presents should be very basic presents. Like I, there's like a little poem you can use. Some people do the something you want, something you need, something you wear and something you read. Mm, that, I like that. That can be from Santa. And then Santa's a little bit more equal. And then if you want to get your spoiled little kid a PS5, they can have a PS5, but it's marked as from you. And it just really bugs me with Santa the way some people get like the really expensive gifts and call it from Santa because then it makes it look like Santa loves you more than the other kids who can't afford a PS5. And that's my feelings on Santa is that Santa is great. It's just that they should uh, recalibrate that a little at the end. Yeah, no, I totally 1000% agree. And I also think too, like, 
if you're going to like now try to use these things as punishment or leverage, it's going to be really fucking hard to be like, I'm going to take this thing that Santa gave you because it's not like quote yours to take almost. And it's like, and kids don't have that logic of being like, but I don't understand. Like, you can't take this from me. It wasn't yours. Yeah. But if the parents, like, I bought you this iPod. Like, right. do people still use iPods? Whatever. I bought you this iPad. Yeah. I'm taking it away. And the kid's like, well, fuck you. Santa bought it for me. It's yeah. like, no, I no, did. I I'm it. Santa. Right. Without, yeah. But then you don't have to ruin Santa. Exactly. So that's just my feelings. And there's, like, lots of other much more academic commercialism stuff about Santa, which is obviously a thing. I'd like obviously too much about that, but I just get mad when parents don't like realize that if Santa's supposed to come to everyone, he should bring slightly equal gifts. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. And I definitely think it's got to be hard as a parent too, because like, it's almost like Santa is such a great equalizer and yet he's not actually, he's not like treated that way. And I mean, just the whole Christmas itself is commercial. Oh yeah. I'm literally in TJ Maxx yesterday buying shit for people that like I already have gifts for, but I'm so afraid it's not going to be enough. Yeah. a stupid amount of pressure i'm like yep. i gotta make sure i get a sweater for my sister because i only got her these baskets that she wanted but like i don't know if that was enough even though like i had saved up like all cash for my christmas like mm-hmm. everybody had a budget and i stuck to it i still had to spend like a little extra because i was afraid it wasn't going to be enough yeah. and i just think that that can happen so easily with santa as well yeah definitely yeah and then like yeah. the side thing so like a common controversy i didn't write it down here because i couldn't decide how connected it was but i've decided it is is mm-hmm. like fucking elf on the shelf oh which okay i like elf on the shelf when he's just like a cute little elf that lives in your house and is somewhere new mm-hmm. every day i think that's fun yeah. i could see myself doing that but the people that yeah. are like he's watching you when he reports back to santa the weird like why is this elf part of the surveillance state and (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking about those fucking parents that like you know their elf is skating their elf is doing gymnastics gonna be like on the floor because i'm gonna forget (laughs) like oh uh you know the elf's just taking a nap today (laughs) i do admittedly love like the creative elf on the shelf stuff i don't mind that i just think it's weird when they're like and the elf is watching you and reports back to santa and tells them if you're good like not kids aren't gonna be good all the time calm (laughs) down sister i can't remember if it was Aaron or sarah Sarah, I know you're listening to this episode, so if it was you, text me and let me know. Um, was one of my sisters was terrified of of our elf named Alan. So our dog, our dog's name is Nala, and her name backwards is Alan. So anytime we were okay. like talking about her or trying to shun her because she'd done something bad, call her Alan. We're like, oh, Alan, whatever. Let Alan outside or something. So we named our elf Alan, and I, I'll never forget like. They were so afraid and my mom and dad were like, I mean, to be fair, it is a little fucking weird, right? They're little like non-feeded, like non-feeded, non-footed legs just like scampering around the house to like move around. Like that's actually kind of horrifying. Yeah. It's watching you and reporting back to Santa. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. no. So surveillance state. It is the surveillance (laughs) state. Um, so that does just commercialize Christmas and yeah, parenting is hard now. Like, fuck that. There's so much shit that parents have to do now that like my parents never did. Yeah. 
I do. I always like the idea, like, because when I was trying to find people who believed in Santa, I found a bunch of articles that were like, I'm 27 and I believe in Santa. None of these people actually believe in Santa, right? But they were like, I believe in the spirit of Santa. Right. And, and, giving, I, and you're like, all right, Sally, sit the fuck down. Do right. you actually believe in Santa or no? Exactly. That is a nice sentiment. And I like took a quote from it to end with because I like it. But like, that's not believing oh, yeah. in Santa. But I do think it's a good way. Like, I've known people who had kids who had a hard time when they found out Santa wasn't real or like wanted to tell other kids or little siblings and stuff. And so kind of this idea, like, well, everyone is Santa, like in a way. So I found a nice little quote about that to end with. So I have, um, he's not only a symbol of giving, but he's what the Christmas spirit is all about. As a kid, you don't really get that. All we cared about was waking up to a room full of presents. The truth is Santa Claus embodies every person willing to put someone else's needs before their own. Think about all the times people have wondered why the world is a little bit nicer during this time of year. The answer is actually pretty simple because we're all reminded how good it feels to play Santa every once in a while. So I thought I'd be nice to Santa after all the criticism because it's not Santa's fault that like capitalism is bad. Yeah, this literally goes back to like once again, humans have created Santa. Yeah, exactly. We are the ones that have done this. Right. We have made Santa into this like... But I, you know what, though? It's weird because I feel like like we don't really have the same type of like bastardized Santa that that we did. I think people are finally starting yeah. to like look at Santa as more of like like a belief. And like I think this year, like those Comcast commercials I was saying before, like the right. whole premise of that is that like they can't have a normal Christmas because of COVID, right? They don't say it. They just say like we can't have the same type of Christmas that we've had in the past. So how the fuck do we still make this feel like Christmas? Right. And so their whole idea is the gift of togetherness. And so it's like this whole little thing about how instead of packaging toys, they're packaging snowball fights with their family and oh. the smell of their grandmother's roast in the oven. Like, yeah. Little things that like really make the holiday what it's about. And I think that that's kind of like what I would rather bring to my children, you know, eventually with Santa. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. Right. And I love this. Me too. And I love, I love like the cute stuff, like little footprints and things like that, I think are very cute. So there. I mean, like I, this episode made me so happy. Same. I'm like really happy right now. <laughs> I know. I, just, I love Christmas. I'm a crazy Christmas lady. So I'm. No, it's perfect. I know. It's so exciting. Oh, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah. Um, Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Mm-hmm. Happy chill out and do nothing day if you don't. Yep. Um, If you have to work, thank you for keeping this, I don't know, world going, whether you're. Um, you know, a first responder or medical professional or really anybody. Um, you know, this is a time of year that is already difficult. And this year I just feel like it's even worse. Yeah. So, and uh, next week is our last episode of 2020. It is. First off, because 2020 will be like over, but also because that's it. It's actually the end of our first season, right? Yeah. 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 So. All right. Thanks, nerds. Have a Merry Christmas. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to What the History Podcast. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at WTHistoryPod. You're also welcome to email us at whatthehistorypodcast at gmail.com with topic suggestions or questions. Please subscribe to the podcast so that upcoming episodes show up in your feed and we will talk to you soon.